Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Happy Tuesday, Pelicans fans. I'm Jake Madison, your host of Locked on Pelicans. I'm also a writer for BourbonStreetShots.com. If you don't already read the site, you can also give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Uh, got a nice little podcast for you today. Going to talk about Tim Frazier, let you guys know there is plenty of room to jump on the Tim Frazier bandwagon as he's going to be the starter, most likely starter, I should say, in place of uh, Drew Holiday while he's out with his indefinite family medical leave and everything. Uh, Not medical for him, medical for his wife, really. Uh, The Pelicans also play tomorrow at 6.30 a.m. Central Time for their second game in China against the Houston Rockets, the last one in China, before coming back to the United States for two more preseason games before the season opener, the home opener, on October 26th against the Denver Nuggets. We're going to talk kind of what you're hoping to see uh, from that game a little bit, uh, as most likely everyone's going to miss it. It's so early in the morning, and it'll be on NBA TV. If you don't have that, you can't really watch it another way anyway. Anyway, uh, and then we're going to take a couple Twitter questions, talk a little bit about the defense. That's going to tie into the game against the Rockets and then rebounding. Is it an issue? Is it not an issue? Uh, and dive into the stats on both of those a little bit for right now. So uh, nice little podcast for us today. I'm excited to talk about some of these things. Tim Frazier, mostly guys. Great to watch. A lot of fun. Um, and we're going to jump into that in just a moment. Now, before we start on the podcast and get into all the topics we've got for today, I do need to mention to you guys, you know, I've mentioned it last week before and a few other times, is SeatGeek, definitely a great way to get your tickets. Like I said, season is starting. Everyone's coming to New Orleans. You're going to see LeBron. You're going to see Durant. You're going to see Curry, James Harden with the Rockets. Do not miss out on seeing these guys live. And the best way to get tickets is SeatGeek. Uh, download the SeatGeek app. Uh, use it to find the tickets you need. The great thing they do, I've got a bachelor party coming up uh, for a friend of mine in a few weeks, and I was looking at flights to Louisville where we're going to be going. And I use kayak.com to try and search and find tickets, and it kind of aggregates it. My flight uh, that I got, and I'm on the same flight as uh, my buddy, ended up being a little bit cheaper by about like $30 because I found it on another website that was cheaper than where he booked it. And that's because I used one of those site aggregators. And one of the great things about SeatGeek is that they do that for you. Tickets might be listed in multiple different places. SeatGeek is going to look at that for you, going to give you the lowest price on them. You're not going to you know, have missed out on saving $30 because you only went to one site, used one app. SeatGeek's going to find all that for you. They're going to aggregate it. They're going to kind of compare and shop. They're also going to let you know if certain tickets seem undervalued and if they're a very good buy. And that's a great way to get value for your money. You know, you work hard for it. Definitely get the best you can. Uh, the great thing we have for you for Locked On Pelicans listeners is if you download the SeatGeek app, and you should already have done so by now, go to settings, put in the promo code LOPelicans, as in Locked On Pelicans. They're going to give you a $20 rebate. Save yourself some money. Just get a little bit back for something you'd be doing anyway. Uh, it's a nice offer we have. I use SeatGeek personally. I've used it for Saints games a bunch uh, before. I plan on using it for the upcoming Panthers game. So it's definitely something I highly recommend, and I hope you all take advantage of the offer we have out there for you as well. 
So the Tim Fraser bandwagon, I believe uh, Ryan Schwan, also of BourbonStreetShots.com, is leading sort of the charge. He's, he's driving the train, you know, uh, make, making the cattle pull the cart here. Is huge on Tim Fraser right now, and there's a lot of reason to be. The guy, you know, played about 15 games or so for the Pelicans at the end of last season, and I'm always wary of guys that kind of step up in garbage time of the season. Those last 20 games or so when the team's out of the playoffs, when other teams are out of the playoffs and they're experimenting a bit more, you know, it's kind of like garbage time in a final game where someone might pour in points, but if it doesn't matter and doesn't really contribute overall to a win or doesn't contribute overall to the season, it's tough to make of it, you know, uh, you know, anything. Thing out of it a lot of it is on those Pel- on this Pelicans team this past season someone had to score someone had to give out assists that's why you saw guys like uh James Ennis playing incredibly well Bryce DeJean Jones at the time was playing quite well before he hurt his wrist Tim Frazier was just one of those guys for the Pelicans that kind of lit it up and uh, again, someone had to do it. Anthony Davis was out. Tyreek Evans was out. Pondexter was out. Drew Holiday was out. The list goes on and on and on. Ryan Anderson was out. Eric Gordon was missing time with injuries. Someone has to score. They weren't going to only score 40 points a game. They're going to still get close to 100. Someone needed to dish the ball out to people to shoot, things like that. And Tim Frazier was that guy. So, you know, it had earned him enough to get a guaranteed contract on the Pelicans, but was it going to be enough to, you know, necessarily buy in that this guy is a real established NBA player? He went undrafted out of Penn State after playing four years there was around the D League and trying to make roster a 10-day contract guy if he was honestly that good someone probably would have picked him up by now and had him on a team so maybe the Pelicans are going to get lucky in him maybe not but his preseason has been very encouraging not going to lie overall he, he's really helping this team play how they want and that's that unselfish style of basketball extra passes making sure you 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 get the ball to the open guy and you get an assist for it think kind of the style of ball that the Warriors play or that the Spurs play so many passes just zipping around uh the perimeter around the three-point line where you see three four all sometimes all five guys touching the ball on a single possession and the Pelicans are getting closer to that and they're trying to play that style of ball as well so and it's been improved so overall so you get an idea of how much better this team is passing than uh, last season. If you look at the assist percentage, and this is basically, you know, uh, the percentage of percentage of shots made that had an assist on it. So less hero ball, less isolation. This is more team oriented style of play. Last season for the entire season, the Pelicans, uh, 57.7% of their shots were assisted on. This preseason, it's up over 10%. It's up to 67.8% of all made shots have been assisted on. And I mean, the main guy for this is Tim Frazier. He's got the highest offensive rating on the team at 124.7. It gives him a plus 17.2 net rating. So that's the difference between an individual's offensive rating and defensive rating. You want that, obviously, to be as high as possible. Uh, He leads the Pelicans with that ahead of Anthony Davis. Uh, Next up on the list was Omer Oshik at, I think, number two or three. Uh, He's beaten both of those guys. He's beaten Davis in general is, is the big thing here. Uh, He's got that offensive rating up because this offense is clicking when he's on the court. He's a pass-first point guard. He's trying to set up other teammates. He's really only going to shoot, and he's only averaging five attempts per game. And, you know, I've got to do the standard caveat of this is, you know, a sample size thing. It's only been three games. It'll be four after tomorrow. You'd like to kind of look at it over maybe a 10-game stretch, something like that. But this is what we have to go on, and we will. So he's got, um, you know, an assist percentage personally of 39.1. So when he's on the court, he's basically assisting on 40% of all makes just by himself. 
uh, you know, that, that's a tremendous thing. He should be quite proud of that. He's getting the ball not only just to other people, but he's getting them in good spots. He's getting the ball to open shooters, to people who can score easy. That's not necessarily an easy thing to do in the NBA. One of the things Chris Paul is a master of, and we talked a little bit about him yesterday and why he's considered the point god, is he knows exactly where players want the ball on the court in their favorite shooting spots. Think about him and David West here in New Orleans. He'd get David West the ball where David West was near automatic from at that, you know, 16 to 18 foot mid-range jumper, and he always got him the ball there. He didn't get David West the ball at the top of the three-point line or down on the low block where he didn't like it as much when it was a pick and pop. He got him the ball where the guy wanted the ball, and that makes him, uh, you know, a deadly point guard and is going to make his teammates deadlier. Tim Frazier's doing kind of a mini version of that so far in preseason for the Pelicans, and it's been nice to see. He's also got a usage rate of just 12.8%. So he's only shooting the ball or the ball's, you know, the possession's ending with kind of the ball in his hands 12.8% of the time. That is incredibly, incredibly low. Compare him to Holiday last season uh, on some of the stats. Um, Holiday had an assist percentage of 36.5%. Holiday played incredibly well coming off the bench towards the end of last season when he was healthy. And right now, Frazier's got an, uh, an assist percentage of about 3% higher than that. Uh, the other great thing about uh, Frazier, and I, my, my stats are a little bit messed up here, is uh, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He's averaging in preseason 8.3 assists to just 1.3 turnovers per game. That's absolutely tremendous. Again, to compare it to Holiday from last season, Holiday averaged six assists per game and 2.6 turnovers. So he had less assists and doubled the turnovers. If Frazier can play under control like this, and you know, last season, if you watched him play, there were some turnovers he had that could have been avoided. His turnovers were much higher than this. They were up closer to uh, you know 12% per game if you're going by the percentages of it. Uh, he, he's playing very under control. He's a guy that's not going to kind of kill this offense. He's not going to make stupid plays and turn the ball over. And he's a guy that if you're looking to just weather the storm until holiday arrives, and you know, I, I don't have faith necessarily just yet that Frazier can do this over the full season, you know, that he'd be as good of a player as Drew Holiday is overall. But if he can step into this offense, help them weather the storm until Holiday returns, till Evans returns, it's going to significantly help this team. You know, they have a brutal stretch to start the year scheduling wise. And you need a guy in there who's not going to just get you in a hole. Starting off 1-11 last year for the Pelicans just killed it. Guys were unhappy after that. If they can play 500 ball till about, you know, Holiday comes back maybe a game or two under, I think they're going to be really happy with the play of Tim Frazier so far. So I said Tim Frazier is only about 3% higher in assist percentage than Drew Holiday was last year. Yet the Pelicans are up 10.1% in assist percentage on their field goals this season. So it's not just Frazier. It's other guys picking up the slack too and other guys moving the ball. And unfortunately, uh, the NBA doesn't have the tracking data up right now for hockey assists or, or the secondary assists, you know, the pass before the guy gets the assist who then passes the ball. So the pass before the pass, the assist before the assist, essentially. And I'd really like to see those numbers if they have more of those up overall. You have to figure it is. Uh, and as the season starts, that's a stat I'm going to really keep my eye on um, this season just to see if it's in, improving. And if it is, you're going to see a much more selfish style of ball. And it means the Pelicans are kind of succeeding with what they want to do. Right now in the preseason, the Pelicans are up to 26.7 assists per game. They're at 22.2 last season, so about 4.5% um, increase. 
And that's without Holiday playing. That's without Tyreek Evans. You know, Evans, you know, as much as we kind of rag on him and dislike his selfish style of play, the, the out of control, I call him circus shots he likes to take and unfortunately make too many of, which I think gives him more of a leeway to do it. He, you know, you're missing a guy who still put up five, six, seven assists per game. Yet the Pelicans overall are above their average from last season. It's more ball movement. It's more secondary assists is what they're getting. It's kind of the team playing as a whole, as opposed to hero ball, as opposed to just being reliant on one person. It's why you're seeing a guy like Etwan Moore lead the team in points per game in the preseason and shooting the ball so well. He's getting open looks. It's why Buddy Heald, a rookie who really struggled in summer league shooting, especially from three-point range, under 25% from three-point range uh, in summer league, and he's known as a three-point shooter, is shooting quite well. He's getting closer to you know 40, 50% right now. It's why he's you know a top scorer I think he's averaging 17 points per game something right around there Uh, it's why these guys are succeeding really well when we thought there might be a struggle from them and it's this unselfish style of play and that unselfish style of play does start with Tim Frazier he's the guy leading the charge on this and this is why I along with Ryan Schwann are fully on this bandwagon overall we're probably hyping him up a little bit too much like I said if he can just weather this storm with this team step in is just an admirable fill-in for Drew Holiday for the time being uh the Pelicans are going to be very happy with the deal they signed him to bringing him back this is a guy who definitely should show if he can make it in the NBA and I'm glad to see that he's going to get a chance to as well this coming season so the preseason game coming up uh the fourth one second one against the Rockets in China for the Pelicans uh, what are we looking for in that game? And it's going to be a little bit interesting. Right now, it's tough to really make a ton of the Pelicans kind of as a whole. Uh, you can see a lot of great individual performances. Like I said, you can kind of see it on offense. Defensively, it's tough to see if this team's quite clicking yet. They actually are uh, last in the league in uh, points allowed per game, which is not the best stat ideally because it does need to be adjusted for pace. And the Rockets play with a fast pace. The Pelicans like to play with a pa- fast pace. That's why you saw the Rockets put up, what was it, I think 123, 124 the other night on uh, Saturday against the Pelicans. Uh, you know, so it's tough to see if this defense is clicking. Uh, the big thing I'm going to be looking for in this game, though, is on the defensive side. Right now, you can't let all three of Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, and James Harden go off for 20-plus points. You need to really, if, if one guy's going to do it, just let Harden do it. Take away Ryan Anderson. Take away Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon went 5 of 10 um, from deep the other night. What I want to see is them as the Rockets, who shoot a lot of threes, have a poor shooting night, and that's because the Pelicans are contesting those shots on the perimeter. Not just that the Rockets are having an off-shooting night and missing it. Uh, this is where communication comes from. This is where Solomon Hill is going to be very important. And this is what you've heard a lot uh, mentioned this offseason, kind of buzzword of communication on defense. Uh, when when the Rockets attack and James Harden gets into the paint and gets the line and he you know regularly leads the league and, and free throws attempted one of those guys up there, it's because you know he, he attacks the rim. He can also kick the ball out. And Rockets have the Mike D'Antoni system now. There's going to be a lot of perimeter ball movement when uh, James Harden kicks the ball out to a corner three. That guy's not open. He's going to they're going to keep swinging the ball around until the Pelicans do not rotate and leave a three point shooter open. Communication on defense and defensive awareness is what eliminates that. 
You need this Pelicans team to be talking, hey, watch out for the shooter in the corner. Hey, they're going to swing it over. You know, something. I'm not using their exact words. I don't know exactly what they say in the calls they make and the specific lingo they use uh, a lot of the time. But you need them to be communicating and talking about who the open guy is, who needs to rotate. We don't want to see a rocket get the ball on the three-point line and then you see a Pelican player scrambling to run up, try and run him off that three-point line, but it's already too late because he's already so wide open. He's already in the middle of his shot motion. Uh, you need these guys to be covered to begin with, so limiting their three-point three attempts. When they take three-point attempts, making sure those are contested. If they make a contested three-pointer, there's nothing you can do there. You did your job on defense, and that's what we want to see from this Pelicans team uh, in this game. If they can hold the Rockets to 110, and like I said, the Rockets are going to score points. They can hold them to 110 points rather than 120. I think I'd be happy with this team. I think everyone would kind of be thrilled about it overall. So if they can just show some defensive improvement in that sense, you know, it'll be a nice thing to see. Will it happen? Maybe not. Part of that is because Anthony Davis isn't playing his full minutes allotment just yet. They're still tinkering with the rotations. You still are missing Drew Holiday, uh, a guy who helps defensively significantly. So I think that's going to be one of the things to kind of keep an eye on. Just look for one or two areas of improvement right now, specific skill sets that you can kind of hang your hat on. Right now, that's going to be contesting three-pointers, communicating on defense you're not looking for overall improvement to show up necessarily kind of as a team just yet and finally on the podcast today i'm going to answer a twitter question also don't ever you know hesitate to tweet questions to me here it's at nola jake is the one i check the most i'll also try and check the locked on pelicans one but at nola jake send me your twitter questions we'll try and answer some of these occasionally on here you know we'll also have days where we do the entire uh, podcast as Twitter questions, and I've got some guests coming on the later this week that will answer some as well. But one I really wanted to get comes from his name's Cameron Gill. His Twitter handle is at Cameron is my name. Uh, C-A-M-E-R-O-N is my name. Makes it a kind of easy here. We clearly know who he is. And his question is simple. Is rebounding worth worrying about right now? And, you know, after that Pacers game where they had a ton of offensive rebounds, I think they had 22 second chance points. It definitely seemed like it would be, and there was a concern, especially if the Pelicans are going to start going kind of with a smaller lineup playing Anthony Davis at center. you got to worry about that power forward spot, and is there someone there who can really carry the load when it comes to rebounding? You always are going to have Omer Oshik, but that's in a taller lineup. He's not really playing you know, 30 minutes a game anymore, especially after last season when he was really, really bad. You know, you're looking at him playing 20, 25 minutes, so at times there's going to be you know, a struggle to rebound. So one of the things I want to tell you guys right now is I don't think it's a huge concern just yet. I think it could be eventually as the season goes on, especially if they keep giving up offensive rebounds uh, to the opponent. But right now, when it comes to the Pelicans, this entire discussion of focusing on rebounding, is it a worry, focuses on defensive rebounding. The Pelicans aren't really going for offensive boards at all. They like to play one of those systems where they take a quick shot early in the shot clock and basically just get right back on defense. They're not really crashing the offensive glass to get second chance points. They take a shot, everyone runs back on defense and gets set so that you can defend the next position uh, possession that your opponent has much better. That's their big thing. They're not going to really be trying to get the boards and get those second chance points. So when rebounding becomes an issue, you kind of throw out offensive rebounding. They're nice if you get them. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, but that's not what the Pelicans are trying to do. Right now in preseason, they're 14th in the league in terms of total rebounds. So they're about league average. They're not in the bottom half. Uh, they're not in the top half, or they're not in the bottom third. They're not in the top third either. 
Overall, they have a 74.2% defensive rebounding percentage. So basically of all the defensive rebounds they could get, they're grabbing you know, about 75%. Let's round up just to make this easy for us. Last season, they were at 78.8%. So it's about, you know, it's 4.6% higher, which can be significant over the course of the season. We're also only talking preseason right here, so that's a small sample size. Um, and, and, but basically, they're even overall. Uh, this preseason, they're 48.9% overall rebounding percentage. Last season, they were at 49%, so grabbing a little, you know, hair under half. So I think overall, they're going to be okay, especially on the defensive rebounding thing. You know, one of part of it is that a lot of teams are foregoing offensive boards. The Spurs have done it for years. Uh, the Warriors don't particularly like to go for offensive rebounding. They'd rather get back and get set. Same thing for the Houston Rockets. It's kind of just how the league's moving. So you're going to have a greater chance at defensive boards. If they start to dip under this 74.2% throughout the regular season, yeah, I'm going to start to worry about it a little bit. You don't want to be giving up second chance points, especially because this defense isn't that great to begin with. When you get a stop, you need to get a stop. You can't keep extending these possessions and making life harder on yourself. So the big question is, who's going to kind of be the step up in rebounding? Who's going to be the guy to do this? You know, the most likely guy who seems in line for big minutes, the other big to do this, is Terrence Jones. He's not an amazing rebounder. He's a tad bit undersized at 6'9", let's say. Uh, it, you know, and he's probably a little bit shorter than that. They tend to exaggerate heights here. Um, for his career, he grabs 5.8 rebounds per game, uh, 3.9 on the defensive side. So he's uh, grabbing you about two offensive rebounds a game, which is pretty nice. I think you'll see those numbers dip. He's going to need to step up a little bit. Uh, really one of the better defensive rebounders this preseason has actually been Tim Frazier. Uh, he's got a 20% defensive rebounding percentage, which is quite high for a guard. That's really good for a big man. So for a guard uh, to do that, you know, it means opponents are taking a lot of long shots that are hitting the rim and kind of bouncing right to Frazier. So it's not that he's going up and crashing the glass, anything like that. I, overall, I think these Pelicans will be okay, but if they start to get lower than that 74% right now, I'd like them above 75% on the defensive class. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle some. Uh, and that's, like I said, mainly just because the defense is, isn't that great right now. They're still figuring a lot of things out, and we're going to talk defense tomorrow. I'm going to dive into that one much deeper than I am today. But right now, since they're still trying to figure things out, you don't want to make life harder on yourself with, by giving up an offensive rebound to the opponent. Your defense needs to scramble then. You don't know who's in place to do what. It, it just makes a mess, and it's easier for the opponent to get those second-chance points. So if the Pelicans can keep their defensive rebounding at 75% and higher, I think they're definitely going to be okay throughout the season, and that's going to go a long way towards helping the defense improve. So that's what I've got on Locked On Pelicans for you all today. Hopefully you enjoyed it, uh, enlightened you a little bit on Tim Frazier and how well he's playing, prepped you for probably not anything good uh, at the 6.30 a.m. Central game against the Rockets tomorrow. Uh, they're still going to give up a lot of points in that, unfortunately. I, I don't think there's any way around that as this defense still just isn't there yet. Um, and talked a little bit about the rebounding. Uh, for Saints fans, don't forget to listen to Locked On Saints. It's hosted by Roy Anderson. I gave it the early one today, a listen before I recorded this. It was excellent. I'm learning a lot about the Saints as I try and get it, you know, just be a smarter football fan when it comes to that team in general. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun listening to them. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Don't forget to give Locked On NBA a listen. That is excellent if you're trying to just find out the big storylines around the league and preseason so far, what to expect with multiple teams going into the season. That's been a lot of fun. And other than that, that's all we got today for you. You know, I'm Jake Madison, writer with Bourbon Street Shots, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Hopefully the new mic is making the audio quality a little bit better. Don't hesitate to send me any feedback. It's jake at bourbonstreetshots.com or at Nola Jake on Twitter. Uh, a few people have actually sent me emails trying to help me with some of the audio sounds, saying it's a little inconsistent, so I've been working on that. So, again, thanks for bearing with me. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk Pelicans tomorrow. Uh, maybe try and analyze the game a little bit, though I don't personally think I'm going to be able to see it actually so I'm hoping I'll be able to watch it after so happy Tuesday good start to the week everyone and we'll see you tomorrow it takes a lot to get excited about a bag but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts that's 20% off headlamps 20% off oil filters 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag so tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17